Good morning, good morning. Hey, how about we uh, just stay standing for a moment. Um, what? Ten years. It's a big deal, right? And, um, you know, that doesn't happen without um, somebody giving God their yes. And, uh, you know, the Bible says that you're to give uh, double honor to those who labor in doctrine and in the word. Um, and so those who spend the time making sure the word is delivered correctly to you. And, um, and so I just, I think God, I was thinking today when I think about Brandon and Megan, I just think about faithfulness. Um, we were talking before service, he said, you know, it was uh, two or three years before we broke 80 people. And uh, I just had to ask myself the question, would I have stayed? Because if you have any drive about you, you want to see progress. You know what I mean? Like, you want to see something grow. At some moment, I would think I would have been like, God, is this, did I miss you? Am I in this, right? And to see the faithfulness to continue, and then now look what God has done in the middle of a pandemic, after a pandemic. Come on, can you thank God for your leaders? What a gift. Uh, you can have a seat. It's, uh, it's a real honor to be with you today in uh, South Carolina. Come on, somebody. And uh, it's, you have much more beautiful weather than I have in Virginia right now, so I'm glad to be here. And um, I, wa I want to bring a word to you. I want to make sure I honor my time. Um, but I, I, want you to, I want you to settle into the moment for a minute and just realize 10 years is a big deal. Um, that, and 20 years in ministry is a really big deal. Um, when a lot of people in today's world are finding that are pastoring or uh, finding other jobs or being forced into other jobs, um, unfortunately. And, uh, and to have that kind of faithfulness is, is a real gift and a real special thing. And, and so you should savor that. You should uh, thank God for that and, uh, and really, really hold on to that. Um, so it's 830, which means all the real Christians are here. That's what that means. The 8.30 crowd are the real Christians, so I'm, I'm pleasured to be in your presence. Um, the ones that really love Jesus and are really committed to the house of God, you're here at 8.30. Everybody else is coming next, and then even the lesser ones are coming later. <laughs> We're not even sure if 11.30 is saved yet, but we'll get them there. We'll get them there. Um, but this is the real Christian, so I expect this to be the, the most leaned-in service, the... The one that's responding to the word, digging into what God wants to say the most. I want to talk to you around this idea of forward. If you're a note taker, I want you to write some things down. And if you're not, I want you to write some things down. Um, I want to talk to you around this idea of forward. I think about this 10 year. I think about um, what the last few years has held for many of us. Some of us have lost people in the last few years. Some of us have lost income. We've, um, and some of us, it's not, that, it's not that we've had a lot of loss. It's just kind of, eh. The last few years. Matter of fact, the, the most downloaded article um, in articles written on, on the internets um, is an article that was written in the New York Times by a guy named Adam Grant, and he wrote this whole article around this idea of languishing. And his uh, theory was this, is, and, uh, is that most people coming out of this pandemic are not thriving and they're not depressed, they're in this new middle ground that the majority of American is, and it's just called languishing. The marriage is awesome, but it's not falling apart, just kind of is. Finances aren't great, not falling apart, they just kind of are. My passion and purpose for my career isn't off the charts, and it's not like I'm losing my job, it just kind of is. My passion for Jesus isn't 
off the charts and it's not really like I want to walk away from my faith. It just kind of, meh, just kind of is. And most people find themselves in this kind of like middle ground of just languishing in life. And I just want to encourage you in this way. You've been talking about there is more, I think, in this series, that, that God does have more for you. And sometimes you can hear that and think it's churchy language. But I want to encourage you today towards this idea of forward. That, that my prayer is this, is that no matter where you find yourself, maybe you feel like things aren't going great. Maybe you feel like things are just blah. Or maybe you're in that small percentage that, no, feel like I'm thriving in every area of my life. I want you to get a forward that is in your spirit, if that makes sense. Like something deep on the inside of you that goes, all right, it may not look great. The, the, the stats may not be up and to the right, but I'm going to get a, a forward in my spirit that causes me, even in the middle of obstacles, even if it means that in this season I only take two steps forward, at least I'm two steps more forward than I was yesterday. And so my prayer is that you get a, a forward in your spirit. If you're with me, say amen. amen. I want to go to Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to read it to you in two different translations. And then I just want to give you four thoughts and, um, and I'll get out of your way. Philippians chapter 3. I want to read it to you in the New American Standard. Verse 12 says this, Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that which was also laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, it's like old school language, brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, listen to this, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward, somebody shout forward, forward, to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many as are perfect, a better word for perfect is mature, have this attitude, let us have this perspective, let us have this outlook. And if in anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal that also to you. However, let us keep living by that same standard to which we have attained. Just a kind of a real quick, like, I think this is humorous. Paul is writing to the church in Philippi, and he says, um, he says uh, if, if you're mature, let us have this attitude. In other words, if you're mature, you'll see this the way I see it. <laughs> I just kind of think that's funny. Anyways, let me read it to you in the New King James now. It says, not that I have already obtained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself apprehended, but one thing I do. I like that singular focus. One thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind and reaching forward to the things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us many as, of, as are, here's the word, mature, have this mind. Uh, in the New American Standard says, if we're perfected, have this attitude. And if anything of you, any of you think otherwise, God will, God will show you you're wrong. That's what Paul's basically saying. The, the word forward means this. It means to reach toward or to make progress. To reach toward or to make progress. So let, let me just say to you, um, this isn't self-help talk. This is Bible talk. God's desire for you is that you do more forward in your life. Yeah. That, that you do more forward. I don't know if you know that. It may be new revelation to you. But God's desire is that in every area of your life that you would reach toward or that you would make progress. His desire is not that you would stay stuck. And I think too many believers have, um, have settled into a life a, a, a Monday through Friday, a, a life that is, that is anything other than a forward-moving life. 
that they've settled in and just kind of taken, this is my lot in life, this is just where I got it, this is what my grandmother did, what my dad did, what my mom, what every generation did before me, and I just want to declare to you that according to Philippians 3, that it is not the will of God that you would remain stuck, but it is the will of God for your life that you would move forward in your life, reaching towards making progress. And some of us, we, we have not lived up to the inheritance that God has given us in Jesus. He says that every spiritual blessing in Ephesians 1 in the heavenly places has been given to us. And some of us have just decided, well, this is a, I just kind of want to live under the radar. I just want to get fire insurance. I don't want to go to hell, but I want to go to heaven. But God says, no, no, no. He didn't just, the cross was more than to get you fire insurance. The cross was to give, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it to the full. If anybody is with me, shout amen. And so how do we move forward? I want to give you a few things. Number one is this. Write this down. You've got to have a forward focus. Listen to what he said. I want to to reread this. I want you to maybe memorize this. Not that I have attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended, but listen to this, but one thing I do, I forget what's behind and I press towards what is ahead. This one thing I do. Now, the Apostle Paul could have said a whole lot of things. He could have said, this one thing I do is pray. This one thing I do is read the Bible. This one thing I do is worship. This one thing I do is get in community. This one thing I do is I'm a generous person. And all those are incredibly important. But he said, this one thing I do is that I forget. Think about that for a moment. Some of you need a spiritual, like, men in black moment, like, are y'all, are y'all so holy? You're 830, I forgot. You don't watch movies. You're the real Christians. You need, you need a little spiritual amnesia in your life. He said, this one thing I do is I forget what is behind, but I press forward to what is ahead. This one thing, I, this singular focus. I think it's so important that we stop looking back and we look forward because some of us get stuck in the past because of past mistakes, because of past failures, because of past choices. So we look at ourselves and go, how could I ever move forward in calling? How could I ever move forward in the will of God for my life? Because that failure that I have. And so the enemy begins to play this narrative in our mind that keeps us from becoming everything that God wants us to be because we're stuck in the past. Paul goes, I got some things in my past. I killed some Christians. I was there. I held coats while Stephen was stoned. I got some things that the enemy wants to bring. But forgetting what is behind, I press forward to the high call of God in Christ Jesus. Some of you are stuck in your past because of sin. But whom the Son sets free, my Bible tells me, is free indeed. Now, not only are some of you not moving forward in your life because of past mistakes, but watch this, you're not moving forward because of past successes. This is the reason a lot of churches don't move forward. is because of past success. Well, I liked it when it was in the elementary school. Well, I liked it when it was in the old building. That, that wasn't that a great day. And some of us, we get stuck in nostalgia. And you know what happens with nostalgia is we always paint it better than what it was. 
We always paint it. We always remember the past. We over-exaggerate how great the past was. When if you could really rewind and remember the things, if you kept a journal about the past, some of it you would go, dear God, get me out of this. Dear God, deliver me from this. If I've got to get up and set up pipe and drape again, and try, come on, I'm talking about church now. But, it, but we, begin to, we, begin to, we, we begin to look at nostalgia and we, and we over-exaggerate how wonderful it was and how great it was. And we, we just think if I could just get to back to that. And so we settle for less than God has for us because we're stuck being a nostalgic about the past. Here's the only reason to look back over your shoulder in your life is to see the faithfulness of God so it creates worship in your life to God. There is no other reason to look back. Are you following me? Paul says, I'm forgetting what is behind and I'm pressing forward to what is ahead. Proverbs says this in chapter 4. It says, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet. And be steadfast in on all your ways. Listen to this. Do not turn to the right or the left, but keep your foot from evil. Paul was hyper-focused on what is ahead of him. What is in front of him. Some of you, you need spiritual amnesia from the nostalgia of your successes and from the failures of your past. As a church, may you never get stuck in nostalgia, if I could encourage you in anything. May you never get stuck at, I wish it was like that day. I wish it was back when. I, I wish it when, when we were all in one service. When we No, no, no. We can't live in the nostalgia of the past. We've got to press forward to the high call of God in Christ Jesus. What has He called us to? The word forget here in the Greek that Paul uses is this. It's, it's the, it's the um, opposite of remembering. This is my education at work. I know you're amazed. I can see it on your face. Forgetting is the opposite of remembering. But here's what you've got to understand is what biblical remembering is. When the scripture talks about remembering, it means it in this way. It means that something that is buried in your history gets uprooted and brought to your present in such a way that it affects your present. Some of you remember too much of your past. You allow the enemy to uproot things from your history, bring them into your present so that they affect your present. Some of you have anxiety about something that happened 10 years ago because the enemy uproots it from your past, brings it into your present, and affects you. It has potency. Are y'all following me? It has potency in your present. And Paul said, I refuse to dig up anything from my past and allow it to be brought into my present and have effect on my present. I I'm pressing forward to the high call of God that is in Christ Jesus. Are you following me? If it's buried in the past, leave it in the past. If it's buried in the past, let it die and remain in the past. Both your failures and your successes. If you're going to dig up a success, only dig it up to go, thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness over the last 10 years. But there is more ahead of us. We are pressing forward in Christ. Can I get a better amen in the house of God? So number one, you need a forward focus. This one thing I do. This one thing. I'm focused on this one thing. I'm not getting distracted. I think it'll be the downfall of a generation of leaders 
I think the greatest threat to leadership right now is distraction. Because of the device in your hand. All the things pulling for you. Can I say it's the greatest downfall of a believer? Is distraction. May we get blinders like on a horse and go, no, I'm focused on the one thing. I'm not focused on your calling. I'm not focused on somebody else's calling. We were talking at dinner last night how when we planted 17 years ago, that, it, that there was no social media. There was nothing to compare against. Like, and it, and it, it kept your heart pure. Like if you baptized 300 people, you had to call somebody. That's how they found out. You had to call and tell somebody. You couldn't post it. Are you following me? You couldn't sit on Sunday afternoon and spoil your soul looking through what everybody else was doing and going, man, I stink. I'm a horrible leader. Look at what these other leaders. Are y'all following me? And the same thing. It may not be like what, what pastors deal with, but you're looking at somebody else's vacation going, why don't I have that? Va-? And you're looking at somebody else's family. They, they smack their kids three times to get that perfect photo. And you're like, man, look at what they got. And, all. and so we're getting so distracted by everything else. Paul says, no, no, no. Forget what is behind. I press forward. I'm this one thing. I'm focused on this one thing. He had a forward focus. Number two, he had a forward pursuit. Verse 14, he said, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. If you're a note taker, write this down. Posture. Pursuit is not as much about progress as it is posture. Pursuit is not as much about progress as it is posture. Some of us are waiting for the right time to begin to move forward in different. Some of us are waiting for the right time to begin honoring God with our resources, to, to get our, our financial house in order. Some of us are waiting for the right time. No, no. Pursuit is about the lean in of my soul, about the, my, it's about my spirit. Am I leaning in? It's not about perfection. It's, it's, it's about, am I taking a step forward? Yeah, but I'm taking some back. But yeah, are you getting back up and taking more forward? Paul says, I'm pressing into something. I've, I, because he had such a focus, he knew what he was pressing in. He had a lean in in his spirit. I wonder, do you have a, a pursuit, a lean in to God, a, a lean in to the things of God, a lean in to serving God's house, a, a lean in to reaching people and inviting people and evangelism in your... Do you have a lean in in your spirit that goes, God, I'm determined that whenever I close my eyes for the last time on this earth, I will have gotten everything that you had for me. I will have accomplished everything that you put me on the earth for. I don't know about you, but I want on my tombstone what they said about David. He served his generation, then he fell asleep. I want to know that I got to the end of it and I lived the purpose of God in my life and it may not have been perfect, but there was progress that I had a, I had a lean in in my spirit. And some of us are waiting for the right moment in the right season. Well, then the kids get out of the house. And when this happens, and then we'll focus on the marriage. And when the job gets done, there's never a perfect time, y'all. There's never a perfect moment. The right moment is now. Now is the time. Today's the day. This is the moment. It's not going to come. There's not some, there's not some mirage out in the future. I, my, my dad grew up in Andrews, South Carolina on a farm in Andrews. And so I remember going to my grandmother's. We, we grew up in East Tennessee in the mountains. And so we come from the mountains of East Tennessee down to Andrews. On, and that was family vacation. I don't know if any of you grew up like that. Family vacation was visiting all the family we didn't see all year. I'm like, why don't they come to us? And then let's go to Disney on vacation. But it didn't work that way. 
But I remember those long road trips. I hate road trips now. But I remember those long road trips. And we would get down in the, the flat area. Like once we made it over the mountains and we'd get down the road was flat, especially in the summer. I would see like, there's a puddle out there. Like way out in the distance on the, high, on the road, you know, it looked like a puddle. And my dad was like, no, that's a mirage. Because I was like, that puddle keeps moving. We never catch up with the puddle of water. Y'all know, anybody know what I'm talking about? Some of you are looking like, you don't know what I'm talking about. Try it this summer. It's like, there's a puddle out there. And we'd never catch up with the puddle. And some of you are waiting on the puddle to do what God caused you to do. Someday out there. Well, when, I don't know, but out there. Someday out there, I'm going to focus on relationship. Someday out there, I'm going to get in community. Someday out there, I'm going to begin to fulfill God's purpose. Someday, no, no. you got to have a lean-in in your spirit right now. Right this moment. In this, Paul said, I press towards the goal. I'm pressing in. And some days I'm winning, and some days I'm learning. You're only losing if you don't learn from it. And get back up and move forward. So some days you win and some days you learn and both are valuable in your life. Are you following me? But you've got to have a lean in, a pursuit in your spirit that says, no, 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 I've got a forward pursuit. I'm leaning into everything that God has for me. Paul said, I press toward the goals. It's in your posture. What is your posture? Is it like this? God, bless me. Some of us come to church with this posture. I hope they entertain me today. Hope they sing the song I like today. Hope, hope, hope I get the goosebumps on the back of my neck. The Holy Spirit's bigger than a goosebump. Just, just want to say that too. No, you got to have a lean in to go. God, I'm, I'm, my posture is ready. How many parents like it when your kid comes? And you're trying to talk to them. And they're like. How many of you think God likes it when we're like, is this too much? I go, I go home today. Number, number three, number three, Paul, we see he had a forward faith. He said, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, I'm not there yet, but I have faith there's something better. There's an upward movement. I, I have hope for a future. I'm believing for something greater. I just wonder, do you have a forward faith in your heart? Are you, are you believing for more? Are you believing for something greater in your life? I love what, what the Lord said to Exodus to the children of Israel in Exodus 14, 15. He said, And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. In other words... Some of us are still praying about things that God is wanting us to take action on. Wow, that's good. <laughs> he says to, to Moses, why, why are they crying out to me? Why are they still at the prayer meeting? Now get me, I'm all about prayer. I believe that nothing of eternal value or significance happens apart from prayer. But he says to them, he goes, why are they still at the prayer meeting? Tell them to get up and go move forward. I've already told them the promised land. I've already told them what I want to give them. It's time for them to get up and take hold of everything I've already promised to them. Can I tell you something? The promises are God, of God are yes 
and amen in Christ Jesus. I don't understand why children of God are sitting around going, God, I pray you do this. God, I pray. Now, I'm not against prayer. Hear me on that. But there's some moment where you have to get up from prayer and by faith begin to take steps forward into everything that God has for you. Do you have a forward faith? He said, children of Israel, tell them to stop crying. And get up and go take hold of what I've promised them. Do you have a forward faith? I can trust the promises of God, trust the word of God, and move forward in it by faith. Faith simply means that I'm believing what God says over what everything else around me looks like. I'm believing what God says. I'm believing the word of God. The report may be bad, but I'm believing the word of God. The craziness may be going on around the world, but I'm believing the report of God. The news headlines may say the church is dead, but I'm believing the report of God that no weapon formed against me will prosper. This is the inheritance of those who know God. Are you all with me today? And so do I have a forward faith? Or am I just trying to hunker down? Just get us four and no more. and We're just going to weather the storms of the world. No, we've been called to transform the world. We've been called to bring the heaven, heaven to earth. Isn't that what Jesus taught us to pray? Thy will be done on earth like it is in heaven. So if earth doesn't look like heaven yet, we've got work to do. And so we have to move forward in faith. Is anybody with me today? You know, the Bible says in the book of Matthew, it says, Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so I want to speak to a moment for the church that we have to have a forward faith for what God is building in his church. God is building his church. It's his primary avenue through which the gospel is declared in the earth. You do understand that. The church isn't a social gathering. The church isn't some uh, corporation that we've organized here. The church isn't um, just a place for us to come and get a good feeling and have a few songs. The church is the primary vehicle for the delivery of the gospel in the earth. And without the gospel, people die and they spend an eternity apart from Christ. And so we're not playing games. Are you following me? We're building God's church. And if he should not return, he will continue to build his church. And the Bible says the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now think about that text for a minute. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. The gate, a gate is not an offensive weapon. Let that sink in for a minute. Never has someone gone into battle picked up a gate. Are y'all with me? Have y'all seen Gladiator? Okay, some of you hadn't because it's 8.30 and you're all Christians. Keep forgetting. No one's ever picked up a gate and ran into battle to try to beat someone. No, they take a sword. They take a shield. Are are y'all with me? Why? Because a gate is not an offensive weapon. So what was Paul talking about then when he said the gates of hell won't prevail against the church? What he's saying is the gate of hell will not keep the church out of whatever area it's trying to keep the church out of. 
And so if that's the case, then the responsibility of the church is where there is a gate of divorce is to kick it down and bring the gospel into that area. Where there is a gate of addiction, it is the responsibility of the church to kick the gate of addiction down, to kick the gate of depression down, to kick the gate of abuse down and bring the gospel and the light of Jesus into it. But you don't do that if you don't have a forward faith. You've got to have a faith inside of you that goes, no, this is what God has called it. You've got to have a faith that goes, no, I still believe the church is the hope of the world. I still believe the gospel works. I still believe the Spirit of God is moving in the earth. I still believe that miracles and signs and wonders are taking place among us. And I have faith to see God do it now. To do it in my generation. To do it in my kids. To do it in my family. But you got to have a forward faith. Are you with me? Paul said, I've got a forward focus this one thing I do. It's one thing I do. Not a thousand things. I do one thing. I forget what is behind. He said, I got some spiritual amnesia. He said, I'm not digging up stuff from my past, whether good or bad, and allowing it to come into my present and affect my current reality. But I'm pressing forward. He said, I got a forward pursuit. It may not be perfect progress, but it is progress. I got to lean in in my spirit. He goes, I'm not sitting back waiting on God to do something. God's already given me so many promises in His Word. I'm going to take hold of them and move forward. And I got a forward faith. But here's the important part. Is there was a forward together. I love this quote by John Maxwell. He says, one is too small a number to achieve greatness. You can't do anything of value alone. Paul said this. He said, therefore, let us as many as are mature have this mind. And if any of you think otherwise, God will even reveal this to you. Now, I kind of, I think it's kind of humorous a little bit how Paul stated it. But you know what he's saying? He was saying, if we're going to move forward, we've got to do it together. We got to do it together, which means Paul's saying, you've got to have ownership for your forward. And you've got to take ownership for your forward. And you've got to take ownership for you forward. And you've got to take ownership for yours and yours. And as we all take ownership for our own, guess what? We all move forward together. You know what Paul's saying? He's saying, when there is a unity, there is power in that. Matter of fact, the Bible says that where there is unity, God commands a blessing. You want, you want the best is yet to come to not just be a cute phrase? You want the next decade, the best decade, not just to be a cool statement? Then get a forward together. Because there, God will command a blessing and God will prosper you. Is this prosperity? No, no. The Hebrew word for prosperity means this. That you went as far as you could go and the hand of God pushed you beyond that. That's the metaphor of the Hebrew word for blessing. Is that you went as far as you could go. Radiate, there is a line where you can go as a church. Because you are limited because you're human in your leadership capacity, 
your vision capacity, your rallying team capacity, your inspiration capacity. You have a capacity. Each one of you have a capacity. But when God gets involved and decides to prosper you, the metaphor is he puts his hand on your back and he pushes you past what you could do. He blesses you in that way. You know where he brings that blessing? Where there is unity. Unity isn't uniformity. Unity is I'm responsible for my forward. I'm pressing forward. I'm going to press forward in my serve. I'm going to press forward in my generosity. I'm going to press forward in every... I'm going to press forward in reaching the community around me. You want the next decade to be the best decade? It's a cute phrase. Sounds good on an anniversary Sunday. It's cool. It's inspiring. Next decade, best decade. But if you walk out these doors and you don't forget what is behind you and press forward to what God has for you, the next decade won't be the best decade. Are you following me? Every one of you, every one of you take responsibility for your own and go, no, 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 I'm going to lock arms with this church family. I'm not going to be observer. I'm not going to be a consumer. I'm not going to set in. I'm not going to slip in, slip out. I'm not trying to condemn anybody. I'm just saying there's too much at stake. There's a generation that is walking away from the church. There's a generation that is hooked on drugs and alcohol and is running rampant and can't fender out their gender. There's a gen- and they need a church in this city. They need hundreds of churches in this city to go, no, we're pressing forward to everything that God has for us. But you just can't have a staff that does it. you got to have a church. Not a name, not a building. This is great. You'll have another building. This one won't hold what God. Don't get married to the building. Church is made up of the people. It needs a church that goes, we're moving forward together to everything that God has for us. Come on, if you receive the word, can you put your hands together? Come on, you can do better than that. Hey, let's pray together. Father, we love you today. We honor you. Our life is for you. And God, we, we want to have a forward deep in our soul that says we're going to get everything that God has for us. We're not leaving anything on the field. We're not leaving anything behind. We're going to stop letting the enemy dig up our history. And have it affect our present. But God, we're forgetting what is behind. We're pressing on. There's a goal. We've got faith for it. We've got to lean in in our heart. And we're going to do it together. And so God, may there be such a bond of unity in this place. So much so that it requires you to honor your word and command the blessing on this place. It's been great so far. We're grateful, God. But let it be more. Let a blessing, a favor, fall on this place that would make the last 10 years look elementary. May it be done for your glory and for your honor. And may thousands of lives be changed. And may the name of Jesus, above a church name, above a leader's name, may the name of Jesus be exalted to the highest place. We love you. We pray this in your name.
Come on, everybody said amen.